1: TPV Radio Central
2: Texas. Hey, what's going on, home team? It's your boy Gino Worldwide, Pastor Gino, man of Free Wave Radio, Generation Now Church in Murfreesboro. Hey, you are now listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go.
3: You are listening to the hottest,
1: most off-controversial, off the meters Christian radio station in the land. In the Learn, the Psalmist
3: Radio Network.
1: Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go.
3: That's right, family and friends. It is the hottest radio network on the planet. TPV Radio have an all-star lineup just for you. Sunday, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. Monday, it's The Grub at 12 p.m. The Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Tuesday, Victory Over the Weights of Life at 6 p.m. Friday, The Caribbean Pepper Pot at 8 p.m. Saturday, Rotten Down presents at 4 p.m. Men, let's talk every first Friday of the month at 4 p.m. TPV presents by Appointment Only. Coming to you on June 6th, it is our Saturday Buffet with Lorraine Brown at 12 p.m. Walk with me. Let's go.
1: At Miguel's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients, to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majalsproducts.com or on Facebook at majalsproducts. Products. Get yours today. Get your faster results without breaking the bank. At Majel's Products. You never heard Christian radio quite like, quite this? like this. Get your fix 24-7 <laughs> on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio radio Network. <laughs> Keep it locked, locked right, right here, here on TPV Radio, the station for inspiration. You're you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos, right now on TPV Radio. Here's
3: your host of Cell Life, Michael Savalos.
0: This, coming to you from the only active prison cell in the free world, this is Cell Life. I'm Michael Ceballos, and uh, we are going to have a great day. It is day 68 in a year-long experiment into personal transformation and educating society on the different issues that convicts face behind the bricks and outside the walls upon their release. So what I wanted to do today is uh, we have a great show planned today. Uh but uh, I wanted to kind of tell y'all a little bit about our mission. And uh, our mission here at uh, Cell Life is to be the best that we can be, and to educate society on issues convicts face again behind the bricks and outside. On the outside, we want to make pave a smoother way. We want to pave a smoother way on the path to inclusion for ex-cons, men and women alike anyway let's pray y'all heavenly father we come to you in the name of jesus lord thanking you for allowing us to come together today father father i ask that that the message be clear and concise and that someone receive what they need to receive today father we thank you for the strength and the courage to continue to just uh, uh do your work lord and we thank you and we praise you in jesus name amen okay so uh we are conducting an experiment and uh uh We're a very unconventional uh, ministry. So uh, if it's your first time hearing about us, uh, I was released on January 17th of 2020 this year. And after doing uh, many years behind bars, I was gone for almost 30 years, a little over 27 years. Uh, So uh, we were released in January, built a prison cell in the free world and have committed to staying in there for a full year uh, working on uh, different issues uh, with personal issues and also uh, educating society Uh, and we want to uh, start a conversation about changing uh, some of the things in the criminal justice system so uh, we have we should have uh, three guests today i know that we have two of them on uh, right now and uh but uh we're going to kind of introduce the three uh le david uh le david taylor uh he is an alpha ambassador alpha is a program that you take uh inside of prison and uh but he is working out here in the free world it's uh he is an alpha ambassador uh with alpha usa in houston uh he did 19 years uh incarcerated and was trained in there and came out and started working with them. He's from the Dallas area and currently resides in Houston. Uh, His assignment, uh, point of contact for prison alpha grads upon their release for support and connect them with alpha groups or train them to run one of their own. They offer this free tool to bridge the gap between the church and the community through building relationships. They train leaders to run alpha and coach them on how to train, uh, on how to ask questions based on the talks within the small groups. Uh, love, laugh, and listen—a welcoming environment, food, and freedom to express uh-huh. their views with not judgment or condemnation. Uh, they're uh, two of the main programs: of Prison Transformation Initiative and Loving Arms Teen Mothers Succeeding. And that is with David Taylor. He's going to be on with us today in our discussion. And uh, we're also going to have, who is also uh, on with us today, is Sandra Grace Martinez. Uh, she is a first-generation uh, Mexican-American, born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, the Amplified Life, she, uh, she's an advocate and host of The Amplified Life. Ms. Martinez earned her degree in public policy with a minor in criminal justice from uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. She accredits her inspiration and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, She earned her degree in public policy with a minor in criminal justice from the University of Texas, San Antonio. She accredits her inspiration and drive as being the daughter of immigrants and her observations of the struggles of social discrimination and the economic inequalities that her parents experienced after graduation, Miss Martinez became a professional parole officer. We have a parole officer with on, an ex-parole officer with on uh, on here today with y'all, with us, y'all. Uh, there, she became aware of her. Uh, she became aware of the lack of state and national resources for providing her clients with meaningful and successful reintegration into. state. Meaningful and successful reintegration. This led her ambitions to attain her master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Saint Mary's University, and aid for the, for those who have been. Oh, I'm sorry. Miss Martinez has dedicated her expertise towards towards the protection and aid for those who have been marginalized and disenfranchised with her education for developing responsible social programs and awareness. In support for racial, economic, and environmental justice, I'm sorry, y'all, we're just having a little bit of difficulties. But uh, And she is also a very good friend of mine, uh, both with David Taylor and Sandra Grace Martinez, are friends of mine. and. Ms. Martinez is one of my mentors. So anyway, we are going to open up the discussion today. Uh, we were supposed to, let me see here, y'all. We wanted to kind of open up the discussion today on, uh, well, just, just due to the current climate of unrest and hurt, the anger and untrust, we wanted to kind of talk about. The uh, the wanted the, the main point anyway of discussion is to be the misuse of power the police have in our current uh, climate and uh, the abuse of power actually and uh, we just wanted to kind of uh, speak about that because of all the different things that are going on with the uh, with the protest and the uh, looting and all that kind of stuff but anyway my son was supposed to be on with us today, and I was waiting on him to introduce him, uh, but I have not seen him on yet, uh, have not received anything from him. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into this thing here. So, Sandra Grace and uh, but David, are y'all on the line with me?
4: Hello, yes, Good. this is Sandra Grace.
0: Hey Sandra How how you doing?
4: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Good, good. Well, David, how
0: how are you, sir?
5: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Good,
0: good. Uh, I wanted to just kind of get y'all's uh input on well 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 if you would uh Sandra Grace, just just kind of uh, uh introduce yourself and uh let me know what your uh you know what your uh what do you expect from coming on the show and uh, talking about
4: different issues and stuff like that? Well, again, uh, Michael, thank you for having me on the show. I think that this is a, a brilliant move. Uh, and like you said um, earlier in educating uh, the people uh, regarding the incongruencies with uh, Uh, civility, and criminal justice uh, as it pertains to uh, human rights and the violations thereof. Uh, Currently, my overarching concerns are twofold. One, uh, the conditions of our prison system uh, currently with COVID-19, and also the existing, and they have been... uh, it hasn't been reformed enough, to, at least to my liking, uh, as a professional, for those that are uh, on, that are about to be released uh, on parole, and or even out of jail. Uh, and by that I mean, so we have to distinguish. We've got, you know, our uh, units that are housing prisoners, and then we have county jails that are uh, that are housing. Uh, for pre-trial, um, uh, because they can't make bond, um, and for um, other reasons, but there's two distinct types of, of unit, if you will. And I think it's educating people, because I think they just lump everyone in one, one category and being able to educate and uh, structure it so it's a lot more uh, easier. It's easier for the layperson to understand uh, what we're saying and what we're not saying um, in terms of, uh, you know, if we have a pedophile or a violent offender, um, you know, first of all, what do we categorize a violent offender? But uh, you know, we don't. It's not like a hug a thug and you know, people should be released. There's a, there's injustices as they can as they begin this, this, the their their journey. Uh, you know, uh, when you're being prosecuted, um, sometimes. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, um, it, it's just not congruent with justice at the end of the day. Um, so I just wanted to make it very clear that I am for basic human rights. I don't, uh, in as it pertains to housing of inmates, housing of prisoners, and uh, as of right now, um, with COVID-19, um, they... Uh, the governor of Texas has really done uh, some interesting um, – has moved this uh, this issue um, in, the, in the spotlight, uh, and I don't think that there's justice being served. And so I'm, uh, I'm standing by uh, not only as a mental health professional looking at it uh, like a hawk to see what we're going to do next, but also as a former parole officer who has seen firsthand – what is and what isn't working, um, and why our rates of recidivism are so high in the state of Texas in particular. Uh, so recidivism being, you know, folks that are coming out of the prison system, why do they end up having a high propensity going back inside the system? Why? Because we set them up to fail. And so that's all there is for that. So I'm, I'm here to give insight and education on both ends.
0: Excellent, excellent. We definitely uh, uh, are going to enjoy your insight and, and educating us you on, on these different issues. Now, now, when you were a parole uh, parole officer, Sandy Grace, you what 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 caseload did you handle when you were uh, uh, working with the uh, Texas Department of
3: uh, with, with the parole office?
4: Well, I was with the department for a couple of years, uh, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, here in San Antonio. And at first, when you first get into uh, TDCJ. Um, there's two types of parole officers. That's why I, you know, there's institutional parole officers and those are parole officers inside the prison that kind of vet who, sh- you know, needs to be considered for parole. Um, also, where, where they would they go and they start, you know, having people go to that person's family to make sure that's an the appropriate home, et cetera, et cetera. And then we've got, you know, parole officers that are outside and those are the ones that You know, uh, most people uh, think that there's only just one set, but there's two sets of parole officers. And I was the the type, I was the kind that I was titled a uh, parole officer um, two, and and that's like there's level one, two, and three. Um, And I supervised the general population. So that was for the first couple of years at the tail end of uh, the, uh, with me um, spending time uh, working there Uh, I did um, I guess I I came across to the department as a very rigid um, very by-the-book parole officer so they give me specialized caseloads and ended up out in the rural area in Atascosa County which uh, if anybody knows uh, Atascosa County is saturated with organized crime So did I have that specialized case load on my, yes, I did. Um, And so, yes, the, that is uh, the position that I had. Um, And then of course I I resigned, but not because of anything other than to extend my education and uh, provide, you know, better services, better uh, education down the line. I ended up going to Mary's university and I just couldn't, be there full time and be a full time parole officer. So um, that's how it ended with an with or uh, really uh, supervising um, organized crime.
0: I wanted to ask you because in the last uh, I don't know I guess two years inside of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, I have seen a huge influx of uh, mental health uh, patients in population, and I know the David. I uh, can also attest to this uh, 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 David, I know many like you know, I don't know twenty, twenty five years ago, there were not that many uh, uh, psych uh, uh, patients walking around doing weird stuff and so they they were usually uh, uh, you know uh, segregated. and but now they're just everywhere in population. and I just don't know if we're really right. doing enough to uh, work on our mental health uh, uh, conditions in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice on top of all these other issues. But uh, I don't know if you can attest to that, David. I know years ago I didn't see as many as you see now.
5: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It was uh, the astonishing thing that I found out is that before I came home, about 10 years before I came home, it was said that Texas have come come to the conclusion that 85% of the men that come into prison are mentally challenged. 85% of, yeah. of the men coming into prison are mentally challenged. And that's because the, the word mentally challenged or, or this, this disability has been broadened. And this comes from their culture, their upbringing, the way that they, they have had to live life on the outside and they come in with these issues. And it has been diagnosed as mental, being mentally challenged.
0: Yeah, that is that is uh, crazy. Now, now, uh, Sandra Grace, I know that you're a mental health, uh, 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 you know, professional. I was just wondering if you have just really taken a look at the mental health state of of, of our prison system at this at this current time, and what are your thoughts on it?
4: Well, uh, yes, and also, you know. Uh, I know that um, I normally don't put it on my bio, uh, but I also work in the Senate as a legislative aide overseeing criminal justice bills and jurisprudence bills out in the committees. Uh, Myself uh, have also uh, put together bills um, that would help out in in providing much needed resources for inmates Um, and, you know, so that's how passionate I am. I, I, I've been doing this for decades. And I have to put boots on the ground, and legislation is where it is. So um, it, awesome. much, of, yeah, much of what we're seeing is really a result of uh, party politics. And it's a result of ideologies and not necessarily what's right what's right by our society, what's right by a human being, what's right by uh, whatever they deem them, offenders, ex-cons. I mean, you, you, you just, you know, hit the, the source button and you'll find a whole bunch of, which, either way, at the end of the day, they're human, okay? So that's all there is to that. Sure. So sure, sure. that being yeah. said, um, as humans, uh, they They come, they make a mistake is made, a legal mistake or a, 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 at the inception of this uh, the suspect's you know arrest um, begins a slew of of issues that they're going to face. And as where where mental health is injected or the 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 thought of mental health is injected is prior prior to the to the actual arrest. So yes, I agree I agree with him. So I agree that there are pre-existing conditions um, that that people struggle with. I mean, uh, you go in a room full of you know one in four people in that room are going to be struggling with a severe mental disorder. They may not look like it, even if they're in suits. They may not look like it. But I know as a therapist, you know, and that I get all kinds of individuals uh, to work with, you know, and some wear, you know, shoes from, you know, Walmart, some wear shoes from, you know, Neiman Marcus. And so if that gives you the extent or the, the the prism of individuals that I that I have worked with. And yes, one in four is going to have a severe uh you know, mental disorder. Now, that being said, um, the, the mental health uh, issue has always been a, a problem, um, always been discussed, however, underfunded, there, because there is no, and, and by that I mean that, um, what is the purpose of funding something that a politician that is the one at the legislative session, at the legislative uh, position, or governor, or lieutenant governor, what is the, their what, what is their hidden agenda? You know, what, you know, let's just say this, what is their inspiration, you know, to fund mental health care? Uh, in uh, in our prison system, none, zero, whatsoever, because that doesn't get them elected. What? That's just, that doesn't get people elected. That Doesn't get people elected when you when you are the the person trying to run, you know, under a certain uh, a certain political ideology. Uh, mental health care for prison or inmates is not going to get you elected. So it goes untouched. It goes untouched. The only time that it comes to the forefront are two. Two two things have to happen. One, there has to be a major crisis, major crisis, in order for things to reform.
3: Uh, Not too long ago,
4: 20 years, you know, the reason there was an escape out in Kennedy Unit people, you know, there was a, an orchestration, five prisoners took off, they, they, they killed people, they 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 did all kinds of things. They ended up in a different state. And so of course who was you know, the the uprising came from the jailers. The jailers are like, hey, we're undermanded, we're underfunded, you know, and that's when other people, you know, such as, you know, the the folks that that I work with, well, we kind of piggyback on that, like, well, and there's also the issue of, you know, mental health. So you have to, there's got to be something to piggyback on, you know, and move legislation forward with these amendments attached that can help, also, not only the TDCJ structure um, when it comes to the employees, but also that of the uh, prisoners, because at the end of the day, they're threaded together. Case in point, COVID is affecting both the jailers, and the prisoner. It is interconnected. So some people don't see those things. But that's, I mean, that's what has to happen. Either big reform, something big and critical has to happen. So right now is a good time. It is a great time right now to advocate for mental health care, to advocate for justice, to advocate for human rights, you know, the basic human rights that one can have. um, there waiting uh, and pretrial services that, by the way, the governor has said, if you are in pre-trial services, uh, you are not – you can't PR. You, you can't walk out on your personal vehicle. says, one. Two, uh, your bail is going to be set, and, you know, uh, some people can't afford the bail. So, so what it says is that if you can afford the bail, then you can, you're able to get out, get out of harm's way. If not, you're stuck. You're stuck in the jail. And that's, you know, that is – we're talking about jailers – the jailing system, which we have 254 – uh, jails or sheriff county uh, jails in uh, in the, in the state of Texas. The second thing that has to happen, and I don't see it happening, is this: new legislation by people that are advocates on human rights, and that means that an overhaul of the people that are currently sitting there in our Texas legislature, um, and they become our voice. They become aware. Uh, so. Uh, and that's going to take time. Right now may be the time, because right now some things are falling apart. Uh, so I am uh, I am very excited that this is the time to do it. So I'm not letting up. I'm not letting great, up. Great, great. I
0: have a couple of questions, but I want to ask the David. I want you all to think about this. What, what exactly, what type of measures could we take to actually – Uh, Sway legislature or change legislature I I know you just talked a little bit about it Sandra Grace but I want y'all to both think about that Question because that is something That I'm really interested in doing Uh, But uh, David I want to ask you In in, in your line of work that you're doing now What exactly are you seeing On the mental health side Working with these men and women that have Been released and are uh, Seeking help in different ways And uh You know, through 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 your ministry through Alpha, what what are you
5: seeing out there? Well, actually, Alpha just happened to be a tool that uh, develop relationships. It develop relationships. So Alpha itself doesn't attack mental health issues, but people that are involved in Alpha have mental mental health issues, and I believe when I speak. Uh, of mental health, most of my interaction is people who lack education they didn't they lack uh, resources to develop a level of understanding that's equivalent to their age that's equivalent to their position. It's like taking a child when you place a child and make them an, an adult. You make them adult. So they have to make adult decisions, and they're not even mentally capable of doing that. So I tend to deal with a lot of people that are in that position, that are in that position. So what from what I do, developing solid relationships with volunteers who are who have a passion, as our friend here has, if they're volunteers doing this, then they will develop solid relationships with men and women because we deal with them both who have these issues and you can also because alpha is so i mean this tool can be used in so many different ways you could uh you develop the relationship and you can develop an alpha launch around what you do if you want to deal with mental health issues uh and educate them on different different uh ways of uh developing themselves mentally emotionally you know physically financially you know educate themselves on housing then you'd have an alpha launch around that. And every time they come to an alpha, not only are they, do they deal with their faith and the way that they think and the way that they see God in their life, they will also deal, be, uh, deal with whatever is posed to them that day. So we use this tool is being used to draw those people in, develop a relationship. Once you get a person to talk about their faith and really open up and they see, because we train our people to be listeners instead of talking most of the programs that they do have for mental health they go to a place and they sit down and the person talk to them and tell them what they uh, give them a a, a curriculum that they have been given to talk to these people about if I go if I hit my 10 points in my 10 chapters then I've done what I'm supposed to do for this person that's suffering from some form of mental illness and it's uh, on such a grand scale that uh, a personal person with min, minimal uh, mental challenges or, or men, who's diagnosed in a minimal stage, or be in the same room with a person diagnosed with major issues. They're all in the same room, given the same curriculum, but it's. Let me tell you what you're doing, what it looks like, this and that, and it becomes a, a just a lecture, and people t- shut off, hey, what? totally shut off. They totally shut off. So. That's that's sure. the answer right now in the system. That's the answer right now in the system and and with alpha I see it as being a tool that if, and that's what I as an ambassador I take it everywhere. I learned it in prison. That that was my experience. That's what took me from a person. And please jump in if I'm if I'm speaking too long or you No have you're a good question you're good David point. go ahead. Okay, but alpha, I, I experienced it in prison, and that's what took my relationship because I was already considered a you know a man of the faith in prison. That was my reputation, you know, hey, he walks with God, sure. this guy, you know, and but that took my relationship closer with people. I learned when I took Alpha how little I actually listened and how more I talked, and people was okay with that, but that wasn't a legitimate relationship. That wasn't a legitimate relationship And so that took me to a uh, Different level in how I deal with People in ministry period and, and it took me to a point of not a Preach and teach but actually sit down and listen And ask questions to really Engage a person not only for me To hear and know what to pray about But for them to know that I care For them to release some things instead of keeping it Bottled up because most mental uh, challenged people they don't know how To express themselves so the only way they learn to express themselves, how they feel, and the things that's going on with them has been physical, to act out. But now they have a source, and they've developed a relationship with a, with a person, a male or female, in their group where they can be free with their thoughts. And they can not only hear their own what they think about certain things, but they also get to hear the thoughts of others, which builds a solid. Now, this small group, you, this builds a solid social group, a solid social group. And with a solid social group that's on something positive now, this is where you come for guidance. This is where you come to grow. And now we're teaching some of the, um, some of the classes that's dealing with mental health. They're talking about faith. They develop the relationship, and they're also learning about their condition and acts, actions to take to better themselves, to grow, to overcome their situation. Because, obviously, we wouldn't be dealing with mental illnesses or people that have it or looking for or, or people to come in to deal with it if there was not a way to properly handle it or grow people out of it, if everyone agreed with that. So, having the alpha is a tool to be used inside of anything that you have, any curriculum that you have, to make it solid to really bring it to another level. It, it may be solid already, but this just solidifies things, make it even stronger. But that's what I do, and that's my interaction with people with uh, mental health issues. And that's just as far as my employment. But on the other side, uh, my personal uh, endeavors, I'm, I'm with a uh, organization called Prison Transformation Initiative. Because dealing with men in prison these 19 years, I've always been the go-to person, the person that everybody comes to to talk to, Everybody come to you know to want to find out about something, and because after hearing and I and um, I'm sorry. What's what's your name again? The Parola Sandra Grace. Sandra, Sandra Grace. Sandra Grace. Um, I learned I heard this from a psych doctor that I was talking to on a regular basis because their caseload was growing, and he was explaining to me why. And come to find out that the reason these people are diagnosed like this is because they lack education. They lack the ability to communicate. And from my own personal studies in dealing with men, that pushed me to a point that where I would link up, me being a Christian, I would link up with Muslims. I would link up with Buddhists. I would link up with people of different religion that had the same passion of helping these men that were coming into the prison with no GED. And, it, and it's structured so crazy in prison that... You come in and you need to get a GED. You want to get a GED, but there are so many different uh, hoops they want you to try to jump uh, jump through in order to sure. get your GED until they either quit and say, nah, nah I, I'm not, forget it, and just keep playing basketball, dominoes, kicking it with the homies in the end of day room, watching TV. They begin to do that, and that becomes how they what? do their time for years. For years. And so. You can't get your GED, you can't get into the school system. And, and let me remind you, uh, you can attest to this, uh, Michael. It was only maybe ten or eight years ago that they kicked the guys that was in there for 30, 40 years. They kicked them out of there because me and I was in G D classes for years. Ten they years sure were, fifteen years. Yeah, I know a bunch in of G D classes. Yeah. 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 And wasn't, they were just going down for the A C and no one was doing anything about it. That was crazy. But so we develop programs where they can come and get their GED. We are tutors for GED. We're tutors for business. What kind of plans have you thought about before you got into crime and robbing people? And when you take men from that mentality, they come from that culture, and you bring them in and get them to begin to think, because that's a mental challenge as well. People don't think. They don't think. And people think they're thinking when they're actually just reacting to life situations. But when you teach them to think and kind of give them some of the principles of critical thinking and let them walk through practices, we start watching young men just come from acting a fool, fighting, and, and, and expressing themselves physically to learning how to talk. And then when I took Toastmasters, that took me to another level because Toastmasters, people think Toastmasters, oh, you want to be just this great speaker when you take Toastmasters. No, Toastmasters is not about being this awesome speaker. The, the, the food of Toastmaster Is learning how to listen How to Absolute. listen and pay attention And then you learn How to express yourself That's the second part You learn how to express yourself Effectively within a few minutes Why are men coming out of prison Getting challenged Because number one They know what they're thinking But they don't know how to express it In the time limit that that employer Is, is giving them express themselves michael let me ask you what do you do you know what are you good at you come to my company michael and you want a job tell me why should i hire you they coming out of prison michael and they don't know how to answer that they know a lot of good things man i used to work in the kitchen i used to cook this certain food and they'll take you all the way down there but guess what they don't have that kind of time Michael. yeah and what they don't say what people don't tell you is that the employer is not going to say uh they shut down, Well, this dude don't even know how he doesn't know how to express himself. So I don't I don't want to hear. I I I um. Yeah, look, we'll give you a call only because the man he could have been the best cook at that restaurant. He could have been the best bus man. He could have been a manager eventually, but he just don't know how to communicate. So a lot of doors are shut, yeah. and what ta- that takes him into another role of uh, going back to what he knew, back to what he knew. But back to the subject, but prison transformation is based on. On helping men Do Toastmasters We call it principles of communication Teaching them how to speak and how to listen How to speak effectively And we also okay. do uh, Leadership, servant leadership training Teaching them sure. how to lead I, you, by know, being I,
4: servant. I, you know I, I find it interesting um, You know That You know To to say this out loud uh, is—I I love saying things out loud, unfiltered. So that's what you got, you're going to get. So um, okay. I don't think—I don't think—I uh, I don't believe that the structure, the system, the criminal justice system, really, really wants people to be educated and understand. I think that's there's right. a. Because look at Malcolm X, you. brother. He came yeah. out and look at what he did. And so yeah. if you start speaking out and you start making sense and you start challenging authority, you're a problem. Sure. So people sometimes systemically have just learned to survive. Just to survive being there, just so they can have food, shelter, you know, water and shelter. I mean, safety, being safe there, um, yeah. and having basic and being that. Um, but I am with you. Uh, I think learning to empower them cool. and educate them, you know, could, could is a very is a good beginning. And it's, uh, but I, I've got to look at the system as a whole and think. You know, I know some of these very. Not all jailers are arrogant and or on a power trip, but (laughs) uh, I will say there are some folks. You want to talk about mental capacity and mental disorders and being mentally compromised? Uh, Well, it starts with our jailers. You know, our jailers also need to be vetted, and some of them, you know, are jailers because they couldn't go into a real law enforcement job, if you will. No disrespect to the dealers, right. and that's, there's some really good people out there that really do give a damn. But there are some that are there for a reason, um, and they yeah. can't carry a weapon. So, um, right. you know, I, I look at that, you know, um, you know, do we, what is the, it's a slippery slope for some, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, let's introduce and let's empower people, but don't make, you know, the minute that they start showing too much it, the minute they start making too much sense and are going against policy or know the policy and knowing that their constitutional rights are being violated, then maybe we should um, you know, limit the amount of exposure they have. Um, so, but anyway, I digress. Um, keep going. Uh, I'm sorry.
0: I wanted to That's say. Good. Oh, yeah. David, I wanted to say that, you know, with our. Uh, uh, I believe that, that we truly need. I know that William Wayne Justice at one time was, you know, overseeing some of the things that were going on in prison back, you know, in the 80s or whatnot. But I, I I truly believe that we need to have a watchdog service of some kind watching over these programs that that are being paid for. Because, I mean, I've been to a lot of programs down there with David, and, you know, you can go in and sign a paper and walk out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. You can go to vocation. You you can go to vocation and sleep all day. You know, there's just no, there's just nobody really cares enough to really try to educate these men. You know what I'm saying?
3: Right. Uh, they they're, they're just. I think
4: choices. that I have a, a really good way of addressing that, and I think where it's a win-win for everyone because no one should be falling asleep during vocation. That's certainly, you know, th- no, yes, it's it's, it's a waste and it's for uh, no one's getting anything out of it. Um, uh, I think that people like teachers and, you know, myself, my mental health professional, social workers, um, I think people, uh, you know, that have a, that, you know, that that are strong minded, strong willed, educated, have a heart for this, uh, in human rights, uh, have a heart for human rights, a basic human rights um, and uh, you know and you know try to lower the recidivism uh, of, of inmates or, or offenders uh, reoffending i I think that there, to me, I mean this is just me. what do I know, right? I think that if you volunteer you're and there's got to be an incentive for volunteers sometimes it's internal you know god's driven i know i'm you know i i consider my gift you know to be a steward um, of the lord and so um but i, I think that if the state uh, would help us reduce our student loan debt um you know if our if we had an incentive uh, we would get a lot of volunteers you know, to do this kind of thing, and I think that the the incentive has to be there for people that are volunteering because I don't, you know, I I, I know that there are people that believe that oh my gosh, this is a uh, it could be dangerous, and that's far far from the truth. Um, I think that the government can incentivize uh, the professional to go into our system, their prison system, and help women, help men, help children that are being, you know, held as adults, because we do have about 4,000 uh, kiddos age 14, uh, you know, to age 17 that are currently in our Texas Department of Criminal Justice system, you know, and, and go in there and assist the, the provider, because now we're talking about providers, providers coming in and, you know, helping. Uh, and you'll be amazed how many ways we can do that uh, through internships and whatnot. I just don't think right now, uh, you know, we have those, those very options. And, and I, I will in, inject uh, that there is an, a watchdog group in the state okay. of Texas. Okay, and that's why I know it because I have been a part of that organization for 20 years and I have sat on the board and I think these guys are uh, de- dedicated uh, and um, I, I could certainly send you a link, but it's, they're called the twin, they've they're been, since I started, so It's 20 years. I've been with them for 20 years. Uh, they just have their 20-year anniversary, the Texas Criminal Justice Coalition, um, just so that you guys know. The Texas Criminal Justice Coalition, they have been around for the last two decades, and they are watchdog groups. And they are a people like the ACLU are on the board, advocates uh, that have PhDs, um, attorneys offers, I mean, we are uh, a force to be reckoned with. When a, uh, a a legislator is putting together a bill that is going to make sentences larger or higher, um, or create another law just so that they can have a sound bite about, oh, I've you know made a law for this and that, you know, usually it's about re-election. Um, the the we T, T C J C actually comes in and we kill bills. We're like, let's get together and kill the bill. All right, let's do it. But our Sunday best, we we'll go. We go with every single person. We tell them why this is a horrible idea. Why you know say uh, you know giving ten years to a first time DWI offender is not necessarily a good idea. You know, for time offender, 10 years. I mean, without any, no, no probation for just 10 years. I mean, stuff like that that just gets up. So you have to be a watchdog. So what do I do? Every November, starting this November, because we meet every other year. The Texas legislature meets every other year. So we'll be meeting again in January. In November is when they open up the gates of all kinds of bills. And I've got to be on it what bills are going through jurisprudence? What are which ones are going to TDCJ? Where you know how much is going to be financed? You know through the finance committee, and what's going on in the House, like the Senate and the House. And we've got to look at these. Some some of these bills die. They will die eventually. But the ones that gather steam, you know, end up. I babysit them. You know, I'll go. I'll speak in a committee. Uh, I'll speak to friends that I have, that I've had legislative friends, you know, that, that I can pick up the phone and call um, and say, hey, why, why are you even sponsoring that bill? What were you thinking? Uh, so I, I have to, but I dedicate my time to that only because why? Because I, I was there 20 years ago and I just have a passion for this stuff. Um, the lay individual doesn't know that, oh, by the way, you know, there's this law that's coming up that says, you know, that, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and, you know, like I said, some of these bills die, but the ones that don't die, that make up, you know, the government, like, how the hell did that happen? Well, it, it happened because sometimes they go underneath the radar. And so the watchdog group, like I said, um, this is a vetted, you don't want to mess with them. They don't like it when you go, you know, when we would go to their offices, um, and sit and say, hey, you know, we know you have a bill, uh, and we do not, we we will be opposing it unless you put this amendment. Maybe we'll consider it. Otherwise, we oppose it. They would cringe because they knew, they knew. And so that to me is a good start. But there are several other organizations. This particular organization I have seen, you know, evolve, and I have participated. And I see the look in the eyes of legislators when they see us coming, and they see us writing our names as witnesses for or against the bill. They they are like, great, here they are, <laughs> you know. So, um, and I'll continue doing uh, for them, and uh, you know. But this is a, a, a good start. In case the name of that particular coalition again is Texas Criminal Justice Coalition. It's been around for 20 years. They are the large star groups. Um, and, um, yeah, I highly recommend that being a good start.
5: Yes. And Great. if I could add, Michael, I, uh, sure. I'm familiar with that organization. We had a few people. Actually, one guy that was uh, – he ended up getting into some trouble. got He got locked up. I was on the Ramsey One unit, and um, he was with the uh, – I guess UCLA? or um, The UCLA. organization that works – Yes, ACL he he was with them, and uh he talked about you know these laws and how to create laws and how we fight laws. and we actually had Texas Criminal Justice Coalition to send us paperwork in for bills that they were fighting or something like that, and so we can contact our our, our families so our families could reach out and and help and that's what we did we uh well once we got this information we made copies got it out to everybody let them send it to their families they could call somebody on the outside if they needed to talk to somebody and yeah that i mean that has been there that has been there the whole time that i've been in prison pretty much and uh i'm and i'm familiar with it and it has been beneficial
0: Excellent. Excellent. Y'all, we are going to go into a small break. I want to ask David and uh, Sandra Grace if y'all will come back with us after the break uh, so we can continue some discussions. Uh, uh, I don't know if y'all have anything planned, but I would really appreciate it if y'all come back.
3: Well, good. Yes, cool.
0: Okay, cool, David. Uh, Christopher, you want to go ahead and take us into a break, sir?
1: You're here listening to Sell Life with Michael Savalos
3: right, right now on TPV Radio. Yeah, when I
6: ran away from home, when I was just a teen, crawled out the windows. Sprinted down the street, fell down a couple times, blood on my knees, Bounce back relentless, ambition in me not to do wrong, yet to simply understand confusion. Cross on my neck, Jesus seemed like an illusion. Pray to the stars, arms stretched to the sky. Since you carry love for me, then show me a sign. A blank moment, tears filling up my eyes. Man, child in the making, boy compared to guys. Street pharmacist watching the loss get high. Product of mine firemen, some lost lives, children born to poverty, barely getting by. Mamas chasing baby daddies, begging for a time. Why the government manipulate them, standing in that line? Some go to church to frame it, handling the time. Rain on me. I know others can use the explanation too. We gotta an answer for our ways when expirations do. They're killing off the innocent in other nations, too. I know you watching down to see who believes in
3: you. I do. not
6: to the corporate world gotta say at times the hood seems a lot better you got holy people sinning just to get cheddar what happened to if you knew better than you do better I'm not innocent drifted to the due weather storms came restarted with a few letters didn't understand that storms made a better man and my reward for being obedient is better than anything that I can buy or inherit the word is more valuable than platinum or carrots drop tops Pirelli's Mansions on the big lawn. You got me singing hallelujah like I'm big son. No more Elias, it hurts like arthritis. Well, be what you designed me to be, and that's Titus. The prophet, the father, a leader, the author. King among kings that'll help one another. I don't think they really
3: know what they
6: I, mean,
3: yeah. I pray for you I pray for you forever Uh-huh, uh-huh
2: I hear you going through some things and it's getting tough But I see you got my word with you It's a shame how the pain only thing make you pick it up Uh. And you complain when it rains just once But I never hear thanks for that hundred days with the sun Could've ran to me first, ran to the drink first And now I gotta have this conversation with you when you drunk See, before I even start addressing it I don't owe you any answers, so don't get used to it but I feel like you being genuine but the truth is you can't handle the truth Luke, you can't handle but you it. kept it a buck and I love that, if I kept it a buck back, could you take what you stepping in, huh? I know it's other folk to feel like you, so first thing I'ma do is let you know who you questioning yeah. I am the God who created the earth, I knew you start feeling yourself, so I made you from dirt, yeah. ain't no battery in your body so who making it work? I made the earth perfect, it's y'all making it work. who put uh. the seed in the fruit, put the fruit in the tree, and that tree in another little seed but me, yeah. then turn around and made you the same way after that but you was in your daddy sack and his dad daddy sack uh, i am the one that put breath in your lungs and created the same mind that you question me from yeah. you were lost i'm the way i'm the potter you the clay and that clay got something to say okay you can never check me so check this you're standing for right and wrong is me i am the checklist i am right wrong is whatever you're left with i am life you without me is what death is uh, i am the judge you answer me if i throw lightning who throws it back at me No, and if all this Falls, who can stand but me? You go to the cross for you cross-examine me. You yeah. say, I made mistakes, you mistaken me. You made gods out of men who were clay to me. You put lies over lies that you ain't create, then feel away. cause all flesh the same to me. Huh? What if some of the people you naming to me wasn't really everything that you made them to be? Or worse, what if they are and I take them with me? Are you telling me it's any better place they could be? Huh? Either way, you don't know, you just gotta push through. Push cause why you over here saying what I should do? Somebody lost somebody last week and came at me the same way, saying I should've took you. Uh. You asked why the good die young, but the truth is, none of y'all are good, not one. Not the one. only one ever been good my son, so to answer your question, the good died once. Jesus. What if I told you to choose when your mom died? Mom died. You think you could choose when your mom died? Huh? If you put it off 20 years away, 20 years later, when that day came, would you not cry? Uh. You couldn't be God, you were not I. My ways are not yours, your thoughts are not mine. You can't even and deal with the pressure of your own life when you're not high. I try looking in the God mind. Real See, I love them more than you ever did, more than you ever could. Death doesn't lessen it. Let my own son meet death as the evidence and I love him all, Rap star to the president. Yeah. The real question is what you living like? Living life. If I punish every sin, would you live, you live tonight? So how you get mad when I get him mother folks? Same chances I give you to get it right. Huh? You got a son that one day will be a man. You expect him to trust you and he don't understand or even know what you up to, uh. cause he knows that you love him, right? So trust that I love you. Yeah.
1: Right here on TPV Radio. the Station for inspiration. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. You're you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Hey everyone, this is
0: Michael with Cell Life. We're coming to you on day 68. We have a little uh, roundtable, small roundtable discussion going on about different issues in the criminal justice system uh, and how we can try to help and aid and fix these. But I wanted to ask uh, Sandra Grace and the David Taylor, uh, Sandra Grace, Sandra Grace Martinez, I wanted to ask about what – well, I guess I just really don't uh, the. You said it was the TCJC, correct, Sandra Grace? Correct. And how how where do their where does their power come from? I mean, where does their uh, uh, leverage come from, Sandra Grace?
4: Well, from longstanding organizations that formed the coalition. So. You know, you've got people from uh, the ACLU, you know, on board. Um, you know, then you've got people from the NAACP. You know, then you've got all. all it's a it's a coalition, and then they bring sure. their best to the table, and then they say, "How are we going to deal with these injustices? How are we going to remain vigilant?" You know, in making sure that things don't go under the radar. So power in numbers and not just any numbers, but these are educated and the finest in terms of, you know, standing up for human rights, what's right and what's wrong, as it pertains especially to the issues that are plaguing our systemic issues at the TDCJ level, period. So
0: so is there is there power kind of in uh, swaying the public to – uh, see things their way or, or, or uh,
4: they have a level of influence over the legislature. so they have a level of influence uh, of how the bill that may or may not or most of the times it it does actually uh, bills are, tend to be stricter I mean in terms of the punishments and penalties and such uh, or adding new laws and that are counterintuitive. Um, so, in the, as it pertains to criminal justice, so they come in as a voice for all these organizations, and these organizations have members, and these members are individuals like myself, you know, or it could be you know yourself. Also, Michael, you know, you can be part of the organization. As well, and, and so it's power in numbers, right? It's power sure. in numbers, and that's what they have. And they have an impeccable, uh, uh, you know, they, they are uh, very well-studied individuals, and they have an impeccable record of bringing in forward or presenting statistics, uh, nationwide statistics and trends and addressing a certain injustices or addressing the lack of resources and or new or innovative ways of providing services for not only the offender but the parolee um, and Hello?
3: Hello?
0: We might have lost Sandra Grace
1: uh,
3: oh Yes, sir.
0: She hey, she is a uh, uh she's a she's on fire, man. I like Sandra Grace.
3: Yeah. She is a
0: yeah, uh she is definitely educated. <laughs> she is definitely educated and uh she don't uh, pull no punches. Uh so I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that in her. I was drawn to that because that's the type of ministry that, that it takes for me to get what I need, David uh, David, you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Go ahead. You you,
5: you got anything you want to uh, uh, add or share, David? Oh, I thought she was back. I am back. Okay, Okay, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Continue.
4: Well, so, you know, hopefully (laughs) that answers your question. Um, As far as the Texas Criminal Justice Coalition, it's power in numbers. Uh, and just the presence of you know the coalition being there um, does assist. Uh, but like I said, you know uh, resources and uh, legislation uh, they they address it well enough, and i have i have nothing but respect for them.
0: Well, I would definitely love to uh, uh, you know get involved somehow that is uh, you know that's that's like a uh, a dream to me to be able to uh, either speak for, or write, or change some type of legislation that has been, uh, you know, holding us back. You know, I'm under a particular le- uh, i legis- am I'm, I'm under the 70th legislature, and under my legislature, uh, you have a what they call a mandatory, mandatory supervision uh, release date. And it cannot be, uh, it cannot be messed with. You know, as long as you don't mess it up. But uh, since, uh, but it, there's also in, in the same law that if you go out of prison and you do, and you do two years, and you go back and you have ten years left, well, you don't get those two years of flat time. They get added to the end of your sentence. So it's kind of extending your sentence past your original sentence date, and uh, I don't I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole. I I, I just uh, you know there there are just so many issues that could be addressed, and I, will, I and I want to be a part of addressing them. Uh, I have inside uh, uh, long term information. Uh, that is, uh, you know, I, I, I just know that it, some of these things could be easily mm-hmm. changed. You know, they're not.
4: You're right. You're uh, right on, Michael. I applaud you because you are spot on. And not, I mean, come on, guys, really. Did Have we not in the last 48 hours, you know, seen how a legislature automatically goes from you know, one signature of the House of Representatives or Congress to the Senate, how fast people can pass bills on the, you know, yeah. on a federal level. And not only that, executive yes. works on our, you know, it is amazing to me. It is amazing to me how fast the law can become the law. It can be less than 48 hours. So uh, yeah. for us to have these, yeah, the the why are they tacking good time, you know, the, the time that you were saying, Michael, uh, oh, my gosh, it's, it's like, uh, you know, two, three years or, oh, you know what, the building go anywhere, so we have to wait, you know, another two years before we can hear this issue again. So it's amazing. So I, I do not fall for that anymore. Clearly, you know, power numbers and, and power in money is usually what ends up winning, uh, but in this case, sure. uh, power in sure. numbers. And, Michael, I think that you would be a very credible witness sitting before a committee addressing issues uh, from the, from your experience, because insight is something, insight is something that we lack. Uh, we don't lack, uh, there are people that come in, but, uh, and want to talk. Um, I'm more than willing to be the volunteer on, you know, de- trying to deescalate the stress or the anxiety that goes uh, with, you know, getting in front of a microphone in front of these uh, uh, folks that are on this, you know, higher than you, uh, sitting higher than you, looking down on you in three-piece suits. So it can be very intimidating. But I've done it, and I do it like nothing. I just, I, I sometimes I think that um, I have. I, start, I struggle with jaw pain, and sometimes I think that's God's way of telling me to hush. And then God told me the other day, no, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and also I'll keep saying what i got to say the you know we do need people uh that don't say well i heard a friend say that a friend said you know we need people on the ground like myself i mean i am you know passionate for many reasons uh but my brother being uh now he's he's a uh, you know he's almost uh he's in his late 30s he's my younger brother and i will tell you um Uh, this got me very confused because, you know, I worked for the Texas legislature. I saw how bills became law and how ideally things that they pass as far as community resources, you know, are concerned like, oh yeah, let's put all this money into job seeking nonprofit organizations, uh, you know, so that we can have Uh, People coming out on parole, you know, uh, check in with these people, you know, every month until they get themselves a job. And let's put, you know, a million dollars, you know, in that direction. Well, uh, my brother, you know, while I am learning all these great things, my brother's about 14, 15 years. No, 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 no. Pardon. He was 15, about to turn 16. And, uh, yes, uh, he got caught with uh, some uh, substances and at a large quantity, uh, but there were other folks there, other kiddos. Those kiddos went to Judy uh, He did it. They put him in in county. I was livid, livid. Uh So, yeah. uh, but it's a common practice. That is a common practice. Uh, completely inappropriate to do so. It, it is completely inappropriate. Isn't There's no way. They can justify a 16-year-old going in with a bunch of adults. So what ends up happening when you put in a, in a situation a fight or fright? You know, you're scared out of your wits, or you're going to fight. Oh, well, then if you fight in jail, guess what? You're a problem. You must be antisocial. You know, you can't conform. I mean, so I, start seeing, I started seeing my brother just tell me, hey, this isn't about my sentence. Any more standards? He'd say this is about surviving what I'm about to go through. That that idealism and the realism of being incarcerated, whether it's at the city or the county or the state level, that it, it in and of itself, you know, it we've got to look at it as um, not something that is really playing out. So the ideal world that's presented, you know, oh, it looks great. Look, they're going to fund these programs at TDC. Oh, my goodness. But the, the real way it actually unfolds, I've had my own brother tell me about it. I've witnessed my, uh, um, the, the folks that I had, my clients, on my caseload, also sit, grown men crying about I'd rather go back prison um i mean who says that
3: see, whoa. who i
4: mean really who says yeah. i'd rather go back to prison because i can't so i i see it you know I'm, and I, i'm more of a realist i'm more of a realist uh, but you michael my friend you come from a place of, of experience you have you come from a place you know of, of that insight so um, man, I, I hope to see you up there this coming up legislative session. You and I can have that conversation, um, to see yeah. what those are coming to, you, which is every day I'm on it. I'm not only on the state watchdog group, I'm also on the federal level. I think I sent you something on best practices, best practices for COVID cases, uh, that, that took uh, place in the Senate, uh, in the United States Senate. Um, and that was on a Tuesday. So I keep on top of this. I do. And, and you're much needed, Michael. You, you truly are. You, just so that you know, you have Michael's.
0: Well, I want to let you know, Sandra Gates, I want to let you know that I, I, I really, really enjoy uh, uh, listening to you. Uh, for some reason, mm-hmm. when you speak, it, it, it speaks to me. You know, it, it speaks to my very soul because I believe that you have passion. And uh you know what you're talking about because I know that you know what you're talking about. So it is just it, it's very inspiring and very exciting to uh you know, listen listen. Uh now now I'm now I'm not gonna blow your head up too big, but I loved Obama as an orator. He was one of my favorite orators and and, and I get a little bit of that from you. So uh you're uh mm-hmm. you're very good and i enjoy it and I really appreciate you being on the show today uh we have uh i i really believe we have touched and uh elaborated on some very important subjects uh we still have we still have some time to continue to talk on some things i wanted to uh, uh kind of just talk about uh uh you know humanity. Humanity is here to stay. We have, we have kind of uh, uh, reset everything in this country from, from uh, the way we treat people, the way we see people. Everything is being reset, and, and, and I believe that if we continue on, on, on our own personal paths that, 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 that brought us all together on this show today… Uh, uh, and 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 and, Le David, I mean, I speak to you once or twice a week, and I enjoy our conversations. Uh, we we uh, pray together. Uh, we uh, you know we talk about our shortfalls, all those things. And uh, so uh, you know, to me, you know, I've been locked up, y'all, forever. And, and La David, you've been out a little bit longer than me. But this stuff is really exciting to me it, it's it's uh something that I am uh, uh really uh, enjoying the uh, uh, intelligent uh, inco- uh, the intelligent conversation and uh, I don't know I, I just got a little sentimental on y'all I just really appreciate y'all coming in and uh sharing uh y'all's 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 vision and y'all's opinions on these
4: things because they are so valid. Uh, well, but, uh, I, 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 you said uh, a minute ago, you said something about uh, this small uh, you know, group of people or something to that effect. And I thought, well, I'll see, what does the Bible say about gatherings where, it helped me, I mean, I want you guys to chime in. So like where, how many are gathered?
5: Oh, where two or two are gathered in in my name, I'm in the midst. Yeah, yeah. Amen.
4: So, yeah. I mean, I think this is this is it. I mean, this is this there's as long as there's somebody there with you, I think you know we can empower and we can rise up. So, I just when you said that, I'm like, oh no, there's there's a lot of going on here in this little think tank, if you will. Um, there it is, there
5: it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know that's powerful. Go ahead, David. No, I was just saying that's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, if uh if I could ask a question, now speaking on changing the laws. We talked about in the beginning we mentioned having a a watchdog on the inside when it came to program. And in changing the laws, how connected is that to who they allow to come in to um, offer the help that we talked about that people need in in prison when it comes to the mental mental challenges? Because what I noticed is that a law has to pass in order to make the state of Texas do something about, well, I'm gonna say, quote unquote, rehabilitation. Okay, they got to do something. You remember uh, Michael? You were you were in when we didn't have any programs. We had changes. We had a couple of you know other, and that was it. Now yeah, all of a sudden there has cognitive. been this, yeah, cognitive yeah. interventions, and uh, now this, this, all of a sudden this influx of um, programs for you to take
3: uh-huh. for betterment.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah.
5: All of a sudden. And it's like, okay, you have to do these things. You have to take these classes. Some of them have become TDC classes. If you don't take them, then the word is you're not going to be considered for parole. Right. So now we're taking these classes. They're getting it filled up. They're they're meeting their numbers. And, you, this is not and making you still take change. make parole. You still no, you still don't make parole. But <laughs> these these it's like they voted and they say, Okay, we have these friends, bring them in and we can keep our numbers up because they really don't care if anybody's being changed. It's just how many people are running through these courts every cycle. And how do what uh what you do with Texas Criminal Justice Coalition how does that help us? How could that help us take in in programs that are really, really beneficial? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, I think that you just touched on my, you know, uh, sweet spot here because I have a very good example of rehabilitation programs that I uh, hear in San Antonio, are you, are, are, y'all can hear me, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so the uh, face-to-face uh, discussion I had with um, as, as a parole officer when we're when that because that's you guys, you know, it, it's called when when in, uh, someone who is jailed, they go to prison. And they get out of prison, um, they'll have a, on parole, they'll have conditions uh, for their parole, otherwise known as, uh, I think it's a parole certificate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know if they changed the name. Mm-hmm. And in those paroles, and that parole certificate is going to specify what you, based on your history, um, will or, not will, shall, not may, because it may and shall in this, in in this lingo, uh, legislative, legislative, legislative lingo. And that is what it says. You shall take, I don't know, 48 classes in substance abuse. Um, You shall take anger management or battered intervention program. You know, uh, you know, that's just, oh, and you absolutely within, what, 24, 48 hours must enroll with a workforce commission, blah, blah, blah. I mean, things like that. Um, And so my personal uh, experience uh, was not received well because, you know, one, I exposed the corruption of it all. Um, We have, and I don't know if we still have it as of now, Um, I don't, You know, I don't dig too deep right now. I'm 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 still with COVID cases, but um, there's something called Project Rio.
5: Right, I'm familiar with Project Rio. And
4: so, about 13 years ago, the nonprofit administrator um, and their little team uh, took over Project Rio and they received hundreds of dollars. And if I recall correctly at the time, it was $250,000 and that is to provide services, you know, and, you know, for folks that are needing that. So what ends up happening, I find out, is that um, I tell my client, hey, you need to go to Project Rio. You just got out, you know, um, Guys, disoriented, you know, when they just got out of prison, got out of the bus, you know, I think they give them money and uh, TDCJ when they're leaving. And poor guy, you know, they come in, they don't look like they've slept. And here I am reading them conditions and all these things that they need to do. And and, uh, by the way, in 48 hours, you need to be enrolled in, you know, Project Rio. And so one of them, I decided, you know what, how hard is this? So I decided to go with them one day. I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, let's ride with a parole officer day, buddy. So I'm like, come on in. So we went over, and uh, sure enough, um, they had him uh, enroll, and then they said, okay, thank you for enrolling, and then they gave him a whole bunch of newspapers when newspapers were still the thing, and they're like, look for oh a job, God. you know, and- some people had things that were on the wall and like, you, you know, these are people that are hiring and a column, you know, and so I found two, one week goes by, two weeks go by. This guy is, you know, it has to be seen twice. So I see this guy again. I'm like, Hey, how's the job hunting going? He's like, no, I haven't gotten any. I've got, I haven't gotten a job. I haven't gotten a call. I'm like, well, you need to call them. You need to report because you have to report with them. Cause then they'll tell me that you did report. So you need to do it. Okay. And so, finally, um, I end up getting a report from this nonprofit and it says, oh, yeah, by the way, he has got a job. So, I'm like, oh, my gosh, y'all are great. Well, thank you for your services, da 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 this guy really needs a job. So, I call my guys to congratulate him. Hey, thank you, you know, thank you for, you know, for trying and you really are intentional about getting a job. And, you know, I'm glad that these guys were able to hook you up. And he said, well, Ms. Martinez, they didn't hook me up. I found the job on my own. They called me to see how I was doing. I told them that I was um, hired already. And they said, okay, thank you. And then they said, you know, yeah. we're going to close your case. They took that credit. And they did yeah. that over and over and over to skew the numbers because. And, and so when they came to us, they came to talk to us. Um, the the team, their team, the Project Rio team, and they didn't know what I knew. And so when I asked them, really, how many people do you really give jobs to? And they couldn't really give me a number, which I'm pretty sure they know the number, but they they. They didn't, See, and I wanted. Them, I mean, I wanted them to be at that point where they can realize, you know, that they're not helping; they're making it worse by getting getting my guy off the street to go there, you know, to look through newspapers. Well, just send me the newspapers; I'll do it, you know. Mm. But yeah. I just, you know, this that was 13 years ago, what? so um, that's just one of many. And so, what we're taught, me, I stand for responsible social programs being implemented, funded, and also being overseen with serious accountability. Because at the end of the day, if we're going to fund a million dollars for people to get off of heroin and get the medications they need, to get the counseling they need, to get the housing they need, to get the family support they need, in their language as well, if we can if, if we can provide that to these, uh, I, I, I think the money then, okay, I, I get justifying millions and millions of dollars going down that road. I get it. But if you can't justify it, if you can't account for what's going on, that money needs to go somewhere else. And so accountability right. is where it is. You have to be held – those systems, so regardless of what systems are put in place, the accountability factor has to be there. And punitive – I mean, damages need to be underscored if they fail to provide our, uh, our, our, our citizens, our, you know, our community supervisees. You know, with the appropriate, um, valid, and reliable uh, resource that they need, deserve to rise above, and to continue moving forward, not taking three steps back because the parole officer is sometimes more interested in getting him, you know, throwing him under the bus because parole officer, I'm telling you, every single professional that is a parole officer, social worker, police officer, immigration officer, needs to be vetted by the really intense psychological evaluations because we do have some very strange birds out there that are parole officers, and they'll get it in for you because you look at them sideways, and then they'll. the next thing you know, Sheriff's Office there to pick you up on a warrant that isn't even a warrant having to do with criminal justice system. It's because you're backed on child support. So here, go away.
3: Wow. And
4: I've seen it. I have witnessed it. And I don't put up with it. That's why I continue with TC, uh, TCJC. But I also look and, you know, overlook other things, you know, make sure no one pulls the wool over our eyes. But as, as you're oh stating... We're as you were stating uh, the 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 resources, the advocacy for such, um I commend you, but David, um I commend you, and I think that they are much needed, but the accountability and oversight and what I call the shadow mission behind that particular uh um vocation or class that they're giving, who is making the money who I mean is the quality even there? Or we just give in somebody mm. because, you know, we're taking it off the list. So. Yeah. Right.
5: And see, I know some, many guys take those trades and they take it serious. But when they get out, they don't find anyone um, to connect them with the type of work in the same field of their trade. And sometimes it, it so many years have passed at, since they've taken the trade that it's like the information is obsolete.
3: And the more reason to
5: have
4: mentorship, the more reason to have a mentorship program specifically dedicated to providing someone with the skill set and the heart for this type of thing, you know, to help, you know, rise, help somebody rise, just like in Allen, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. You get a sponsor. You, you know, I think we we have, we have decided some people, uh, not all think, oh, well, the parole officer is somewhat of the social worker. Yeah, it depends on what parole officer that you end up, you know, with. But there needs to be someone there ready, ready. I think that we had some a coalition and organization, you know, that provided, you know, that type of, um, you know, empowerment, leadership, you know, a mentorship um, to a person that is in need of it, that is starving of it so they can get their sea legs back up, I think that would be genius.
3: Hmm. Yes.
0: Well, I, I mean, I want to say I'm, I'm so relieved. I'm, I have been talking for the last two and a half months constantly, and it is very uh, liberating to allow y'all to speak on the same issues that are close to my heart, and y'all are very, uh, uh Articulate, and uh, y'all are doing a great job. So I'm very comfortable in just sitting back and let y'all continue to discuss. I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm learning.
5: Uh, Don't get too comfortable, and, uh, Michael.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, I know I've got a lot of work to do this week. I was like, I was enjoying it. I was actually allowed for a minute to sit back and 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 be ministered to. You know. Uh, uh and I need that I need that so just by listening to, to to the both of y'all i mean i have uh i've been ministered tonight uh and uh you know in a lot of different ways uh Sandra grace always uh brings some great points and uh look education ministers to me so uh uh the more I learn, the better man I can be uh, in, in everything that I do, and that's including my walk in Christ. So, uh,
4: you know, I'm just
0: really excited. I really appreciate y'all, y'all coming on the show. I could not have had uh, uh, two better people to share this time with. Uh, we, have, uh, uh, we have gone down through a lot of very uh, serious issues, that are going on in the criminal justice system t- today, and uh, I wanted to add a couple of things. We have a protest uh, at the governor's mansion on the 27th of June, and uh, we, uh, I- I'm going to come out of cell for that day. Uh, and we are standing up against Sandra uh, Grace you know we're standing up against the uh inhumane conditions uh due to the uh, pandemic the covid-19 uh, virus and uh but i just really believe that the covid-19 only highlighted things that were going on for many years there uh and also uh I lost my train of thought there, but yeah, it, it is, oh, yeah, the, the look, I wanted to talk to David about this, and I know Sandra Grace, Sandra Grace probably knows as well, is that, you know, they don't have the capabilities to handle a pandemic in prison, period. I've been down there all my life. I know they've got a few hospital beds on each unit in the back. You know, and basically, they are housing uh, COVID patients in their same dorms. I have received several letters from brothers that I know and trust are not going to try and uh, 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 you know run game on me and tell me the condemn oh please, Mike, help me. The conditions are so bad. Do whatever you can do. They're not doing that. They just want me to be educated so that when I come on uh this show and my live facebook show uh that uh uh you know that 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 I'm giving good information these are the invisible misfits who no one cares about and sees ever, but they are some very good friends of mine and uh i uh i love i love these brothers man my heart my heart is in uh you know, my mind and my body and my uh, uh, soul and my drive is out here in the free world, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. My heart is with these men and women that are incarcerated, that don't know what these people are going to do with their lives. These people have complete control over their, over their uh, uh, freedom, over their families over their, their, their just everything and it is a difficult place to be we are constantly trying to uh, uh, live up to uh, parole conditions that aren't even really considered uh, but
4: uh, you know and I don't
0: want to harp too much I don't want to get on my soapbox too much yeah we don't get paid we drain our families of, of of hygiene materials, food materials, whatever. On some units, the food is so bad, you you kind of have to kind of snack and eat a little bit in the uh, in the dorm. I don't know about you, uh, David, but I've been on some units where it is like it, it it's uh you know it's almost not edible. And I'm a real picky dude already now, I have learned not to be picky because of prison, but uh, I mean, some things I just won't eat, man.
5: What about you, Jay? Mike, let me share something with you. Uh, Since we can be candid here, uh, and that's pretty much what people get when they deal with me. You ask me a question. I'm going to be totally honest and open with you, uh, minus the cuss words, because I don't curse. But before I went to prison, I spent a few months where I was on the streets and I was uh, very close to people that were on the streets and I've seen them just go and just grab some food out of the dumpster and just eat it. It might have bugs on it. They just eat it like, like it's nothing. Like they just bought the burger from the restaurant, opened it and ate it. They would just eat it without you know, no qualms whatsoever. When I went to prison and I worked in food service and God just blessed me to be able to make changes in food service everywhere I went um, in a major way. God just blessed me to have that type of influence, and I'm thankful for it. But there were times before I did not have an influence, and I had to just wait until God just gave me that favor. And I understood why people didn't eat, because I knew that sometimes the cooks would stir the beans. Before they before they cook them, they will stir them with their arms, and they'll be hairy, and they'll be you know, up. Yeah. There will be trucks that will come in, and they will be pop. They will pop open the canned goods for your meal, and boxes will come out of it. Rats and, and bugs will be you know yeah. it from the cannery Say, where what? it came, and yeah. the you know it was it was in the food. Can. This happens all the yes, time. Sir. Guys are doing so many nasty things uh the ceiling is coming down so it's particles falling in your food it's it's just it's, it's just so nasty it's nasty and you look and you go in the child hall and you just say man, I got to eat I don't have no fo- I don't have food I can't yeah. afford to yeah. just not eat at the child hall because I need some of the nutrients and the ve- vegetables but Sure. You just have to eat. And people we take on the mentality of the homeless. We just eat it and try not to even think about where it came from. And try not to even think about it. you. Sometimes you don't even recognize what the food is. You they say it's beef, but they've made some type of concoction, added some stuff just to make a meal. Just to make a meal and you don't you don't know what you're eating. You don't. You don't. So yeah, it's terrible. And yeah, you 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 have to have some type of food. You have to you have to. That's why I would. Um, I had a thing where on every wing that I was on, we collected we collected a sack twice out of the a month, every two weeks. Sure. And the guys that did not make store at all and whatever, we made sure they had hygiene. And that store, when we gave them those sacks, that was just all kind of food and soups and pouches and all kind of, you know, goodies. and But hygiene was a different thing. All they had to do was just put their name on the list, and we handed them hygiene. They didn't have to worry about hygiene. So that pushed me to do that because I know that these needs were not met. And that's just yep. what God put on my heart, and other men did it as well. But yeah, as far as eating, I mean, you just have to take on the mindset of a homeless person and just eat yeah. in order to just survive. Because it's truly a nasty the trays, people getting sick, catch diarrhea after eating in a childhood, and you wonder what is it? Was it what I didn't eat anything but beans, but you had food from so many different other people, because the trays are still marked up. So bacteria, they're not washing. They don't have hot water. It's so many bad conditions. So yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. But we, me, people are forced to live under those conditions, and to people don't understand the mental <laughs> the mental state living in prison, especially for a number of years puts a person in. And we haven't even talked about what you have to deal with as far as the people that are living around you.
3: Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to David man. People don't really know, <laughs> man, just the uh, just all the, the 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 personalities, all the weird stuff you got to deal with, you know what I'm saying? Just you know, people who will think that you're doing something that you ain't got nothing you know what I'm saying? You ain't even in the ballpark. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. their paranoia in the whole prison system will make them think different things about different things. Man, it's just a, it's a really a uh, 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 difficult place to live. Uh, right. But uh, you know, we need to make it a better place. On, Look, that's all I'm saying, today. We need to make it, uh, and Sandra Grace, we need to make it a safer place to be creative. To, in order to work on self in any in any form that they
3: choose to do that.
0: You know, you know, I'm a Christian, but we are so caught up in only. Supporting the Christian-based population <laughs> in prison, it is unreal. If you ain't a yeah. Christian, if you don't come to church, you're out of there. That's over with. Bro.
3: You ain't got nothing to come with
0: You know, so we need to come up with an unconventional ministry that 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 actually comes in even in a secular setting. Where we talk to these men on their level, and we, we, we minister to them on their level, God mm-hmm. is everything to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. because some right. people are not being reached because they are not being spoken to.
5: Yeah. And you know what, you know, but, if I can say, Michael. Yes, sir. That's what Prison Transformation Initiative is about coming in and really dealing with the person, dealing with the person, meeting them where they at. Make, uh, we have a curriculum where they have to walk through these steps. This gives them something to do. Also, stepping from that and doing POC. They got things to go to because if not, a person mentioned, they got to stop watching TV. They sit down and watch TV all day long, and it's the same shows, it's the same thing, everyday sports season, the same thing. They're going to sit down and watch sports all day, talk about sports all day, all these things that are totally irrelevant to living life on the outside. Totally irrelevant. And they think that's that's how they're going to do time on, on the outside. Yeah, man, I'm going to have my TV, and that's all they talk about. I wish that was times I wish they would get rid of the TV. So somebody yeah. everybody would have to sit down and read something, or sit down yeah. and talk, because that's when when the TVs went off and we were sitting in the day room. That's when I had my best discussions with guys. They'll put, wrap, circle sure. up in a group, and I can sit there and I can talk to them, ask them questions, and we really just dig into some uh, um, practical things about life. We can do that, and they'll they'll go on, you know, from there feeling good because they did something positive. I wish they would take the TVs out. I know we need people need a little entertainment or what have you, but that TV and, and them dominoes, and that's where they'll spend their time, and it's, it just hurts, Michael, when you think about it. Think about how many men you know in prison that they have spent 10 years doing that exact same thing. It's unbelievable. A person in the world couldn't fathom sitting down, watching TV and playing dominoes almost 24-7 that's if it wasn't a for science. a place. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah, they got a sign and everything.
5: And that's what oh, they do. Man. For years. Don't yeah. change. For years. They may move to another pod, but they do the exact same thing for years. Now tell me that's not unhealthy. Yeah that's an issue man Big time issue That's why David, our, my desire yeah, Is to ahead. take people in with me That's ready to really Give their heart and their time Because it's not easy It's not easy talking to a man that thinks It's cool to do uh, negative And derogatory things towards women Fully dressed That's They think that's cool and But you have to get past that foolishness To get down to the man But you can't have no weak people Going in with you that that's more concerned about the sin or the bad thing in the person's life than reaching and grabbing and molding that thing that's inside of them that says they want to be better. Because everybody have a, a a point in in inside of them that that they want to do, do better. They want to be better, but nobody's talking to that person. Nobody's trying to Eight bring one, that person out. One. That's it. That's it. And I want to take. I mean, Michael, you look back to in your in your heydays. When you start talking right now, who are you talking to? you talking to that man that, that you just killed. He used to be bigger. Sure. He used to be stronger than you. He controlled your whole life. But now he's just a small piece of you that you look back and look at everything that you did to diminish him. Who helped you with that? You're talking about Sandra Grace right now as a mentor. Somebody helped you with that.
0: Man, man, brother, I cannot even tell you how many people have helped me along the way. Look, I have been so blessed. I have squandered so much, brother. But I have been so blessed. Man, I can't, man. Look, man, when I started this project with David, I thought I was scared to death. I I, I thought who in their right mind would listen to me or accept me after all the wrong that I've done? Because look, One thing about Michael, he ain't innocent. Michael Mm -hmm. went to prison, and every time he went, he went because he did something. So don't get it twisted. I don't want no one to get it twisted that that Michael's out here talking about he's a victim because no, I'm not. I am a product Mm -hmm. of the criminal justice system. Now, I don't agree with a certain sentence, but regardless— I did the crime, so you know I am coming from a straight, uh, a transparent, transparent perspective where 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 there's no uh, uh, you know there's no question whether I was guilty
3: or not. I'm glad
5: and, you uh, said that, Mike.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's
5: you true. said that.
3: Yeah, why because I?
5: I, I I told people it's important that they know that that you're not coming like you're a victim. No. Man, that's, that is so important. I'm glad you said that. to Brother David, you. Brother David,
0: I'm coming empowered, brother. I am yeah. coming empowered with the knowledge that, 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 that God has given me a vision and I know, I know that there is a, just like uh, uh, Sandra Grace, Sandra Grace Martinez was saying, she was saying, that this is the time. We are in, man, they are resetting the world, okay, not just America. They're resetting the world, and I want my place. I have fought. I have done my time. I have fought. I have, I have, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, lived. I, 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 I don't know if y'all heard that song, Live My Best Life." <laughs> okay,
3: because that's
0: what's going on right now with me. I'm yeah, living
3: sir. my best life
4: yes sir and you so don't you're worry. coming from a place not of a victim you're coming or you know or the victim mentality that that, that some people have oh woe is me I've been That's to right. prison I'll never you know but you're coming from a from not that you are coming from a survivor point of view you know I have survived right. this I have yeah. survived that you know That's um right. i i do not want to minimize the amount of people dying or in or have already passed in the last you know couple of hours uh, of covid 19 uh in our prison Absolutely. system as we see i mean we have a crisis on our hands and just some of these folks that are uh, in there for non-violent offenses etc cetera, etc cetera, you know are are dying horrible deaths um you know, they're getting, yeah. if, if, if feeding uh, them, uh, feeding it, the prison system, uh, the menu is, is already as horrific as it, it is. Uh, it, it's, that's not nutrition for someone who's dying. Um, it, it is a uh, really, you know, a, it, this is the way I look at it. Um, and I called it, I called it before all this happened. I said, there's going to be. Somebody bringing in COVID, you know, accidentally or incidentally to a prison and people are going to get sick and all hell is going to break loose. Well, as of right now in the state of Texas, we have, right now we have 6,883 positive cases of COVID. Um, People Mm -hmm. that have recovered, you know, about 1,900 people have recovered and we have had about uh, 42 uh, deceased. Um, and uh, you know there, there's the number's only going to get higher. So that's you know one person dying for lack of medical care is enough for me. But 42 and counting, yeah. I'm going to say because that's where we're heading. And it is a perfect time, of course, for some people that dump the four corners of something called oh, you know our society is so much safer if they're just behind bars. For that individual that wow. says uh, that particular you know, or, or believes that or has that ideology doesn't, you know, realize, you know, how, you know, having them incarcerated to begin with is the problem. They don't see the narrative. They don't see the narrative in that, you know, situation, in, in, in that regard. So I think people that turn a blind eye and don't care about COVID cases and are seeing people, You know, numbers, or maybe they don't even see numbers because they don't care. They don't Mm. want to get on the website. They don't want to look at an app or they don't want to read that part of the newspaper article. When they turned a blind eye to people incarcerated, many of them who were just underrepresented, underfinanced, what have you, and they turned a blind eye, they are party to genocide because those individuals do not deserve to die like that ever. Right.
3: Mm.
4: And I, I and I have, you know, the education, awareness, oh. you know, from the survivor standpoint is where it's at. And now is the time. We are in the cusp of a massive revolution. And, and so the, now is the time to talk about social injustices and in human rights and, you know, the marginalized and disenfranchised. This is the time to do it and underscore it. And if that is a passion that you have, Michael, now is the time because no one, nobody should be buried buried because they went to jail. They didn't get a death, death sentence. sentence. They weren't asking for a death sentence. They were trying to write out their time and they walked out or they were actually taken out not walked out in a body bag. Mm. Because uh, basic needs were not being met. Now my only my only food for thought, you know, is we cannot attain spiritual or, of uh, you know, spiritual uh, awakening and, and education knowledge until we have our food, water, basic needs as a human, like underwear and clothing, socks, you know, uh, and, a, and a safe shelter. If we don't have that, that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, that's Maslow. That's a, you know, psychologist. Putting a pyramid together, yeah. saying if we don't have those fundamentals, we can't rise until we are we are we're fed. We have to be fed.
3: That's
4: right. So there, That's right. and so we there lies some of the the you know the way of you know helping with. With pushing to the next tier of in, of receiving, you know, God and the Holy Ghost, and you know, uh, learning and and wanting to learn, not because they have to, because they want to, and so I don't think that every single individual that is in prison. Want to get educated? I'm not saying that everyone should because they they want to. There's some that don't really care. I get that. You're right. You're right. But for those that may not care, we at least can be the salt lick. Our words, our actions for them, not against them, can be the salt lick that makes this force thirsty enough to go and try to drink. A lot of times,
0: Sandra Grace, they don't even know to care. They don't even. They they're not trained that way. They don't they don't even try to care because it's not in them. And we have right and they they
4: right. are right. in fight or flight mode or freeze. Right? It's no different sure. when so, they're incarcerated. They're fight, flight, or freeze, and they freeze. Yeah. Some freeze, and hmm. you know, I, I get it. I get it.
0: Well, look, y'all, look. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate both of y'all being on the show today. Uh, I would like to extend uh, an invitation for y'all to come on every week if you'd like. We can have a roundtable discussion about different issues. We can brainstorm during the week and come up with some uh, with some topics. And uh, we have a platform we can speak on. And uh, as long as we keep it uh, 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 the way we the way we did today, I think we can have a voice and we can maybe start a conversation that will uh, uh, push this this these issues that are so evident into the forefront. Because uh, again, like I was like you were saying, these are easily easily remedy situations. They just they they do not want to put in the work. There's money for these programs. The monies are there. We we need to oversee these programs in some in, in some way. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I'm going to study the uh, TCJC and uh, 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 see exactly uh, uh, you know where where uh, where where we could possibly help or fit in. Uh, I want to be a part of the uh activism, the the reform, everything because it's personal to me. And I am still dealing with it today. So anyway, I really appreciate y'all tuning in. I will message both of y'all later on. I would love for y'all to continue to to come on to the uh to the show. Uh if you have any last comments, uh David uh, uh, or uh, Sandra Grace, Sandra Grace, we will let you go first. And if uh, y'all have any uh, uh, comments that y'all want to say on the way out, uh, y'all y'all can do that at this time.
4: Well, th- first ahead, of all, Ms. Ms. I want to thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate that immensely. And um David, I I, I thank you, sir. You know for also being on the show, and I, I believe that you have a heart and genuine uh, yearning to help individuals in the situation, uh, and that's something that, you know, uh, I I respect you. I respect you for that, sir. Um, I will co- continue uh, looking at the COVID numbers and best practices for those that are incarcerated, because that is right now my issue, the forefront issue, like that's now um and so i will continue uh giving you guys reports on that um i don't want to um you know uh, overwhelm uh, too much with COVID because there are other issues you know um COVID just triggered the medical issue of the um, inappropriate medical resources but there are other mm. of course resources and we touched Ooh. on that so this is a great conversation to continue having and um you know where two or more are gathered and so i'm I'm thankful and god bless both of you
3: thank all you. right well thank we'll,
5: you we would love for you to come back sandra grace hmm. yes. yes and i just want that. to thank you uh sandra grace for coming and it's a pleasure uh pleasures all mine meeting you and i know for a fact that you know several people that I uh socialize with uh that has been mentors to me and that's very involved in what you do uh and, and speaks on behalf of the uh Texas Criminal Justice Coalition and uh I just start going through my notes and checking stuff out and I, I really love what you do because you create a change. And Michael, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. You know I'm here. You know wherever we can go, I'm willing to go. Because I, yeah. I'm down, I'm down for the cause. Everybody have their Good. place, and I'm gonna play my part and do my position. I'm gonna do okay. that. I don't jump in nobody else's lane, but I'm with you, doing what I'm yeah. supposed to do alongside yeah. you, brother. Thank yeah, you, man.
1: Yeah, hey, 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 look, I ride, you ride, baby.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thank you so
3: much.
0: Yeah, man, I really appreciated y'all coming on. Uh, we are at our time, uh, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and close out. Uh, look, we had some really good discussions on a lot of really strong topics that need to be addressed today in our criminal justice uh, 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 reform in our system. And uh, my name is Michael Savios. This is Life. Cell Life. Uh, we are a uh, we are trying to educate society on the definitions comic space, but I also want to say that uh, uh, we would love to uh, hear from y'all. Our PO box is Cell Life One Two Three Four Raymondville Texas Seven Eight Five Eight Zero. I love y'all and y'all have a great night. Thank you, Sandra Jason, uh Le David Taylor. Yes, sir.
5: God Thank you. Y'all have a good night. God bless you. All right. Good night.
4: Join US Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
0: Lucky Land
1: Casino asking
0: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
4: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess.
6: Haha, in my dentist's office, more than once actually. Do I have to say? Yes you do.